And that's the only way to truly learn how to be kind is to, to know how it feels. Because once you experience kindness and hopefully, you know, ideal thing is that your parents would be kind to you. Uh, you know, it feels so reassuring and, and it feels so good to, to receive, you know, that warmth from someone because we live in like a cold, heartless, uncaring world. So that warmness from that relationship is, is one of the, the things that kind of make, makes life worth living and, and, and it kind of keeps you going. Hello, Gladys here, and welcome to the Knuckleball Podcast, where each episode I'll sit down with a stranger or a friend and we'll get to know each other. No scripts, no nothing, just two people having a free-flowing conversation with no agenda. Yeah, I I feel like we don't really do that enough, and and um, it's it's nice, you know, to put your phone away and just be there with someone. This podcast is cozy, it's light, and not gonna lie, sometimes it does get heavy, and it can get introspective. But most importantly, it's human. And you know, I think one of my friends once told me that it's almost as if it feels like having two friends in your ears. And I think that is a really neat way to describe this podcast. So there you go. Thank you for giving this podcast a chance. I really hope that it brings a little bit of joy to your day and, and makes your day a little bit better. If it does, please leave a nice rating and review. It'll really help the show. And I would love to hear from you. So please send me a DM uh, on Instagram at Knuckleball Podcast or send me an email at the Knuckleball Podcast at gmail.com. The Knuckleball Podcast. <laughs> All right, that's it. On to the episode. Bye bye. Hi, Carl. How's it going? Nice to meet you, stranger. Not bad. Nice to meet you. Where you're yeah. walking outside right yeah. now, which is yeah. No one has ever done that before. <laughs> Let me explain why. I think uh, walking stimulates the. I think your brain. I think uh, the, the best conversations I've ever had with people is when we're out walking, especially in nature. So that's why I chose to to walk at this time. Uh, and unfortunately, I don't have any tea, like you, but I do have tobacco and a pipe. So that's relaxing. Uh, it's actually quite relaxing. I don't inhale it or anything, so it's just you know very relaxing. Sorry, there's gonna be some background noises, but I'm gonna get to some nature soon, so we'll be quiet. No, I love it. Uh, it's very organic. I wish you told me in advance because I have a beautiful park near me. And I uh, wish it's kind of I I don't know where you are in the world right now, but. I'm in New York, uh, in the city, oh, wow. and it's really cold. <laughs> and well, so, you know, it's not. Well, ideal. I live in a warm place. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> Wait, where are you? It, oh my god, it looks like such a vacation place. I'm in the great state of Florida. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. One of my friends is there right now. Nice. Do you live there? Yes, I've been here for almost all my life. Yeah, and I quite like it. Summer starts a bit tough, so I have to admit. But, you know, yeah. we don't have to deal with the winters, so. 
Oh no, totally. Are you are you more of a summer person? Well, yeah, but not when it's like like scorching outside, you know, like yeah. especially with the humidity. It's very Dogs unpleasant. Everywhere. I'm I'm a definitely I'm a I'm a winter in Florida kind of guy. It's a winter oh. here, just for <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that translates to to summer there in New York. I'm not sure. Probably yeah. or spring, maybe. Spring, yeah, I would say, because yeah. it gets really hot there too in summer. Oh, for sure. What what tea are you drinking, by the way? I'm drinking matcha tea. <laughs> matcha, okay, that's like it's like a Japanese classic. Yeah. You know, tea, right? Okay. Yeah, I I wish I had one of those like traditional brushes, you know, that you can. Oh yeah. <laughs> stirred up but uh but no it's just straight from a packet oh i got you well maybe you'll get there one day i mean i i've been to the tea ceremonies it looks it looks very intricate i don't know what to say i mean i think if you're not from japan and you're not you don't understand like the kind of subtle nuances of that ceremony it's just kind of incomprehensible yeah but, uh, i can't say i understood it but i i liked it it was very <laughs> relaxing it was like a meditation session i would like to go to a tea ceremony once um but i always think it's like way out of my intellectual comfort zone well i wouldn't put i wouldn't put yourself down that way i think i think you be fine i think anybody's welcome to go it's it's not i think the the key is not to have expectations because i think americans you know yearn for like a big spectacle we love spectacles and distractions and things that kind of lead our minds you know just to forget ourselves you know but but the tea ceremony is about being in the moment and just just noticing the 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 act itself, but that requires to be in the moment, or else you don't really appreciate the beauty and the and the grace, you know. Are you always like this? You come across as someone who's so like zen and kind of like in the present. Well, I try. I try my best. I have to say, uh, I want to live a joyful life, and I I consciously strive to be a joyful person, you know. So that's kind of. And I'm just really curious. I mean, honestly, I want to know everything about, I want to know anything about everything. Oh, I love that. I'm really glad I'm talking to you because, so today's a Monday for um, people who are listening. And um, it has honestly been a really like busy day. And this is the one hour that I get to have for myself. Um, and uh, and like you said, the, the last seven hours have been nothing but just busy, busyness and meetings and tons of being kind of distracted um i i had actually like five things i wanted to do but 3 p.m rolled around and i got exactly <laughs> zero done which is totally fine because the podcast is the like this recording is is the one thing that i that was my priority today and so i'm, I'm really happy that we're getting to do this also, tell me more about your day. How do you feel right now? Um, what's your reflection so far on, on this Monday? Yeah, I feel... Well, if you asked me this five minutes ago, so before we spoke, I was honestly kind of frazzled because I was like, oh, shit, I have this re report due. And, uh, and now I have to like do this one-hour conversation. But the thing is, like, I realize this podcast is really important to me and I don't want to... I don't want to have to do things that I have to do. I want to be like, get to do this. And I want to be here with right. Carl, um, just enjoying <laughs> it. So here I am. I'm actually feeling very calm now, thanks to you. Wow. 
Well, I think there, there's a, a lot to be said about how uh, human beings affect each other. And even though we're not in physical presence of each other, just the fact that we can, uh, you know, speak and see each other has a profound, like, effect that perhaps is not uh, like conscious. Yeah. Um, I, I really believe in the energy um, of people and, and making sure that you're surrounding yourself with, with good, good energy, you know. You know, I, I am very sensitive to that, I have to admit. And I, and I get the feeling maybe I'm in the minority of guys in that regard. But I've always been very receptive to, to people's emotions and body language. And I don't know. I, I, honestly, I find it really fun. And, I, and I'm kind of blessed to, to feel that way because that allows me to meet new people and be open to strangers. And that's why I was attracted to your offer because I think it's a really cool idea to um, talk to a stranger. You, have, you don't know anything about them. You've never met them before. And then right, you know, without any preconceived notions or prejudgments, you go in there with, um, I guess, like a positive attitude and inquiring attitude and just want to have a good deep conversation and i think it's a i think it's a beautiful approach to life and perhaps it's going to give people uh i think very interesting conversations that are very spontaneous you know yeah you know it's funny you mentioned that like a lot of the people who have an interest in coming on and just talking about things um a lot of the times the first thing that they ask me is like oh you know is there anything that you want to know beforehand? Like how, like, is there anything I should be preparing for? And it's just, it's so hard to convince people that, you know, Hey, you know, just have a organic conversation, you know, almost as if you're meeting someone in a park for the first time. And and, I don't know. I feel like people come in with a lot of expectations uh, to, to make something good out of it. And, and, and then they would apologize if they're like, oh, you know, I'm sorry, I'm an introvert and I don't, I don't really know how to talk to people. I was like, that's fine. Um, yeah. You know, that's not really the goal of this whole thing. But uh, Well, I think it's interesting to speculate as to why you get that kind of response. I mean, I'm sure that it, that involves certain idiosyncrasies that, that those people have. At the same time, perhaps this kind of society we live in such as, you know, we've been regimented since with children in, in school, and perhaps we're led to believe that their spontaneity is something that perhaps should be frowned upon and that we should be ready or, you know, kind of like have homework ready, you know, or it could be maybe just anxiety. And I know we live in a very anxious age and many factors contribute to that, but I think people in general use very anxious nowadays and you kind of pick up, you pick on that, you know, and it's definitely, it definitely stayed in your memory because you, you brought it up just now, you know? Yeah. Wait, so Carl, I have a I have a big question for you. Okay. And and I think this is something that I sometimes struggle with, you know, especially in the city. Um how do you surround yourself with good people? So I'm in my I'm in my twenties. I'm kind of mid twenties. And uh okay. I find that after school it's it's kind of hard to meet people well first in general but also kind of good people outside of work well you know what can i say it's really hard there's no sure coding you have you have to um you know you have to be willing to take risks um with strangers that's really it and you don't know what you're gonna get and there's always the fear of rejection or you know there's certain fears that keep us back from from meeting people and again like you know the chances of us meeting people that really vibe with us are not super high i mean you know 
especially in a city like New York, it's very anonymous and people tend to stay to themselves for various reasons. Um, but I would say if, I, if you want some practical advice, it's all about try to meet people who have the same hobby as you, try to find groups, you know, because then if you like bond over a specific thing that you're passionate about, that kind of opens the door. But it's not also a guarantee that you're going to be compatible in terms of personality. But there's no easy answer. I honestly wish I had an answer to you, but I really don't know. Yeah, I guess in some yeah. ways it is a skill. Like the more you do it, the better you get. Yeah, absolutely. You say it's like just like anything, right? Yeah, but it's mostly about being open and having a good heart. You know, if you're a good-hearted person, if you meet someone who is, uh, let's say, tends to be very judgmental, very maybe cruel, maybe they like to criticize a lot. Yeah, uh, like to complain a lot. That kind of people when they interact with you and they see that you're not willing to go along with their neurotic patterns of behavior, they're going to, they're going to by themselves just kind of want to distance themselves from you. At least that's my experience. And then people who notice that you have a good heart and you're a good person, they're going to want to be with you. Uh, and it's really about the quality of the friendship and not the quantity. Uh, so even if it's just one person you have, that's better than 10 superficial friendships, you know, that you, that you have, maybe you see every other weekend on the club, you know? Yeah, I mean, now now that you're saying it, when I'm thinking back to a number of friends that I've had when I was, I don't know, 12, 13, 14, 15, it's definitely gone down drastically. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I can probably honestly name like five friends that, you know, uh, I, I can call up at three in the morning and be like, hey, can we talk? Because right. for whatever reason. Um, and, and, uh, I'm a hundred percent sure that they would pick up, but it's hard to find those friends. And especially now, like I try to hold on to them as, as tightly as possible. Mm -hmm. yeah. It is, it is kind of, we live in a weird time. Um, I think as people are moving around so much, uh, it's just kind of hard to find stability, you know, like yeah. historically human beings have led uh, very like predictable lives maybe in, in your little village or in your town and stuff most people didn't move away from that were born so you kind of had that that stable kind of um, you know atmosphere in which you knew people for your whole life and that's kind of really rare nowadays because if you stay in one place everybody else leaves because everybody's trying to find a job yeah and honestly this has to be the time the time of history where there's most lonely people on earth like it's just that's just the way things are going and there's so many reasons for that but it's just yeah. a, it's, it's a horrible thing because loneliness is truly, truly, um, it's really horrible to be lonely. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Are, are you a lonely person? You know, uh, I'm not. I'm actually married, so I have a partner that I, you know, we're, we're life partners, so she's always with me no matter what. But I, I think I've had, I've, I've experienced loneliness in the past. Uh, I remember in middle school, I actually got bullied. And that cost, it was a mildly traumatic experience that made me kind of go inwards and I became addicted to video games. So for a short amount of time, maybe like a year or two, I truly experienced like what loneliness does to you. And it kind of twists your mind and, and you kind of lose out on a lot, of, a lot of the goodness that you have in you. It, it actually, loneliness can make you very bitter. That, that's really one of the, the main results of loneliness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think... I, I don't know if I've actually been, uh, I, I don't know how, like, I don't think there's an official definition of loneliness, but I definitely have felt bouts of it. And, uh, mm -hmm. and I think books have been 
my number one kind of safe haven for sure yeah um and music i i feel like those are two very very common places where people find some kind of comfort in well i mean i can concur about books for sure i feel like you read a lot (laughs) like you give me you give me the vibe that you're someone who you know when when you face a problem you kind of turn to books to see hey is anyone like feeling the, the same way and if they do how did they go about solving that right right well i think i mean you're right i'm a huge bookworm um and so i do read all the time just to saturate my my inborn curiosity and just to uh learn more about the world i mean there's things to know why not know them as opposed to being ignorant right mm-hmm. uh so it's just about growing as a person and becoming the best you can be. And I think books are a great part of that. And also that it hones your writing and speaking skills. And, and you get to see different experiences from different times and eras and perspectives. So kind of you get to learn from other people's lives and you can see the world how they saw it. So it's an enriching experience. And also, yeah, if you read books, it gives you a rich, uh, it gives you a rich inner life in which loneliness doesn't really affect you and you don't really get bored because you're kind of self-sufficient in that regard. But nobody's an island. You need friendships, but books can certainly help as opposed to, you know, (laughs) being lonely and having like Snapchat and Instagram, in which case that's like one of the the worst things that can happen to you, you know? Oh my God, spiraling into social media. (laughs) I cannot think of a worse recipe. (laughs) It's horrible. Worst environment to be lonely in. No, you're you're totally right. It's It's actually hell. I mean, you can just imagine girls nowadays, young, young yeah. women, you know, that are, let's say they're, 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 they're lonely, maybe they don't have friends. And then they see all these other girls, social media, having a blast, having going to yachts and stuff like that. Like for, I, th- I think that, that, that is a horrible experience to go to. And I think that's why we have, you know, the, the statistics have borne out that the female suicide rate is actually going up dramatically mm-hmm. uh, as the years go by. So it's actually a really worrying thing. I mean, this is something not to be taken lightly, um, the effect that social media is having on, on children, you know? Yeah. No, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know if you see that. I don't know if you see that with your, your friends. Maybe they're, uh, they, they tell you they're unhappy and then they're looking at other people's lives, social media, and they're comparing, you know? Yeah. No. So a little, bo- a little bit about me is like, uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not from here. I'm from Singapore. And then I moved mm-hmm. here for school. And then, you know, I found a job here um so i've been here for say seven years um but surprisingly in singapore at least the people that i surround myself with they don't like a lot of our childhood weren't really entangled with social media thank god so that so that's great you know i think we we were really um in tune with the the reality of things and um, and we managed to find good people out of our classes and our schools um, but I definitely have heard stories of people kind of going down that dark hole of getting caught up with other people's highlights, so to mm-hmm. speak, and um, and right. then comparing it to their uh, well, what's the opposite of highlights? I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the word is. <laughs> like nothing. <I> don't know. <laughs> no yeah, like like yeah. kind of like their unglam moments, I guess. Yeah. And, yeah. and then it gets to them. And then they yeah. don't know how to get out of it. Yeah, it's like it's like a feeling of like helplessness, you know, that like there's nothing you can do to improve your situation. Especially if you live in like a suburb, like you're in a city, it's a bit different. But imagine if you're a suburb and you don't have a car and you can't and you can't get anywhere. <laughs> you know, it's horrible. You're just stuck. 
No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I always, I was, I hate suburbs. I live in a suburb, but I always view them as like traps. Like suburbs are so a trap to get you hooked up on the system and then dependent on it, and then goodbye to your freedom, essentially. <laughs> That's the way I look at it. So, Carl, like, do you feel free now? Like, uh, you know, I, I feel like you were never really stuck, though, right? No. Okay. That's well, I guess freedom has several、uh, ways of looking at it because you can you can have like like external freedom, so freedom to do what you want,、uh, or self sufficiency, which is a different kind of freedom, so not having to depend on others, but also freedom of the mind, like freedom from your own thoughts and your your destructive patterns. So there's like I, I always look at freedom in different sense. So I, I do think my I, in my mind I am free, like I'm you know I I do like to believe that at least. Who knows? But living here in a suburb with a job, you know, day to day job, I do feel economically like not free right now, and and I think that's the case for a lot of people, especially like wage slaves, you know, people、yeah. who just have to work, and they can't save money.、Uh, I'm not that bad, but you know, it's you when you're reduced to a number, to a cipher, you know, when you're reduced to an economic unit that just has a instead of a good life, just has a standard of living. You know, it's it has to have a toll on you because it's unnatural, and it's,、yeah. uh, humans are not quantities. You know, we're qualities, and we have. We're more than just that, you know. That's actually something I've been thinking about too. Is like, how do I, how do I reconcile, no, like, accepting the importance of money and having to fit into an economy, but at the、right. same time be able to. Wait, what? Oh, is that your tobacco? I thought you. <laughs> You That's、think? so cool. I've actually never smoked one before, but、uh, I, I don't know how, how does it feel like. Is it like calming? I assume、mm. it's very different from cigarettes. Yeah, it is. It is calming because it's um, it's like a、uh, like a little ritual that you do.、Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, it's almost like a tea ceremony. It is.、You、There's a little thing. Little step by steps. You have, you have a little tamper, and it's like a little tamper that you tamp it down with. And you kind of keep, want to keep the fire going, and、mm, it's、um, you don't inhale, so it's not really about getting nicotine high. It's about getting the flavor of the tobacco. And I got a very sweet tobacco here. By sweet, I mean it was made. It's actually made in America. So it's American tobacco. It's, called, it's like a Burley blend with、um, Cavendish, which is toasted tobacco, and then they put like a caramel chocolate casing on it. So it's a very sweet, tasty. So when I retrohale, which means that I, when I pull the smoke in, I I, I expel it through my nose. I my My olfactory system picks up all the different like nuanced flavors. I get like caramel, chocolate, tobacco, you know, taste from it. Wow! And so it's actually really、like、pleasing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. And also, I like it because it's super retro. This is a Czechoslovakian pipe. It's made and it was made in the Soviet in in the communist Czechoslovakia. Somehow Wait, it came to America it? and I bought it. It came to America somehow and I bought it on eBay. I have no idea how it ended here. And it and、uh, it's it's very retro. It used to be very pipe tobacco used to be very popular in the in like the early 20th century. You see a lot of a lot of the big you know minds of the 20th century. If you look at pictures of them, they have a pipe in their mouth. Like think about Tolkien. He he wrote Lord of the Rings with a pipe in his mouth. Carl Jung smoked pipe. Albert Einstein smoked with a pipe tobacco. So it was really popular and common. I wonder why. Like. I guess. Well, I guess I think, it's it's、yeah. some there's something very analog about it. It's like、um, I I can just imagine you like sitting in this like grand red leather chair reading a 
a book and like smoking your tobacco. Yeah. That's like the perfect, you know, putting on some sweet jazz. I don't know. Do you like jazz? (laughs) I can, I can enjoy some jazz. I don't particularly like look out for it, but yeah. Yeah. But, uh, that definitely creates a very like Shakespearean vibe. Yeah, I know. Well, in Shakespeare's time, they, Shakespeare's time, they did already have tobacco, I think, but they smoked it with a clay pipe. So it was like yeah. really, they had really long clay pipes and they're still sold in England nowadays. And in the River Thames, they always find broken clay pipes. I mean, <laughs> like hundreds of thousands of them were made and they were just like, they broke. It was, this is what they did in, the, in, the, in England, the Middle Ages. First of all, smoking tobacco was illegal because they said it was from the devil. Like the Catholic Church, they said they're breathing fire. Yeah, so, so the, the first guy who brought by tobacco to, uh, to the Spain and he started smoking it because he, he basically got like a nicotine high from the, in, the, the natives. I think they were, uh, he was with Columbus. And he basically went to a hut with all the natives and they got him high on nicotine by filling the whole room with tobacco. And he, got, he loved it. He, was, he thought it was the greatest thing. And he brought it to Spain. And then people thought, oh, this guy is Satan. He's like blowing fire out of his mouth. And so they, they arrested him. And he, he had to live the rest of his life in, in prison because... He introduced tobacco, and there were so many attempts to make it illegal, but it didn't work. And it got, obviously, it got picked up everywhere. But the original way that people smoked tobacco was with a pipe. That's the OG method. Oh, At least wow. in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, how did you get into it? Is like, okay, did your parents smoke? Like, did your parents no. smoke? Did your friends yeah. smoke? I do have. I had a friend. I had a friend who got me into it. He invited me once. Hey, man, I got something to, to show you. And then we talked. And, it, and, I, and I really liked it because I associate now I associate tobacco smoking with a good conversation. I don't I don't do this by myself that, that often. I often uh, it's like a special occasion to me. It's not something I do every day. I'm not addicted to nicotine. I don't need this. It's just a nice thing. You know? It's like an occasional thing. Oh, and I wow. Well, I'm very yeah. privileged that you pulled out your ritual. <laughs> yeah, and I pulled out my, my retro Czechoslovakian pipe just for you. Do you have a whole collection of it? Yeah, I, I'm kind of embarrassed by how much money I spend. <laughs> don't don't I, remind I me now. Like I'm getting the vibe <laughs> that you're kind of like a tobacco co- connoisseur, much Ooh. like wine, or you know, I don't know. Do you do you do like cigars as well, or or it's just you know, tobacco? cigar cigars are for extroverts, and I tobacco are for introverts. I'm not. I'm not. I'm kind of in the middle. I trade extroversion and introversion. Uh, I can, I, I don't know. I can smoke a, a cigar. The thing is that they're too big for me. I can't finish them. And I, I think cigarettes are like, it's like, I, I, I compare pipe tobacco and cigarette this way. Like pipe tobacco is like raw milk straight from a cow. And like cigarette, it's like skim milk, like 2%, like highly processed with like fucking like all these Dude, chemicals on it. that diluted shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> like give me the real thing. Yeah. I, I want like, like. Freaking, yeah, straight from the from the tobacco plant, you know, like double toasted, you know, yeah. So. Oh my god. Yeah. You're gonna do I, something. Might as well do it the best way possible. No, for sure. No, I, I now that I'm thinking, I don't actually have. Well, not not like, like a guilty pleasure almost. I guess jazz is something like that for me. Like, um, I get the same vibe when I go to. There's this. Um, really wonderful like divey jazz bar called Mona's in the city. Um, I, I don't I don't know how familiar you are. You're, you're in Florida, so you're pretty pretty close by. I'm sure you come by all the time. Um, <laughs> but there, there's this wonderful like divey jazz bar called Mona's in Alphabet City, um, and it's so like 
people there are so old school and they go there for like 10 years every two the, there was this one guy i met um he was 80 or something and um he would come to mona's every tuesday because they had like a special performance by this specific like jazz band like i feel like it's like stuck in time in the best way possible yeah, yeah. Do, you, do you sometimes mm. feel like you're kind of like born in the wrong <laughs> Era, <laughs> like wrong generation. Like wrong generation, yeah. <laughs> no, it's funny. People make fun of that. The oldest songs from like the eighties. You always get people commenting on them. Oh, I was born in the wrong generation. It's like a meme. <laughs> so it's like the wrong generation. Uh, I do. I do feel that way sometimes. I don't know. Sometimes I feel nostalgic for a for a time that you've never even lived through. <laughs> And I'm sure there were very horrible, I'm sure there were very horrible things that happened in the 80s, but like, oh, yeah. you can still be nostalgic for it, so. Oh yeah, disco music, shudder. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, 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 I must have been fun. I, I, I actually, um, you were born, I'm assuming you were born in the 90s, you don't have to tell me how old you are, but I'm sure you were one of the last generations who, at least for the first five years of their lives, they don't really have like, interaction with iPhone and internet that much. For sure. Uh, I can I can say that for myself. So we're one of the few generations who really had that. And I do like do I do kind of like I'm very curious about how the world was before internet, instant communication, and social media. I, I would have loved to exist in that time, but I was just a kid when it was ending, pretty much, because the internet started in like the early nineties. You know? Did Did your family ever collect like one of those um, first generation Mac, you know, Mac de- desktop or or, or like rotary phone telephones those, I remember like those yeah. old school yeah <laughs> i do remember those yeah they were like or i was like two or three years old i would call santa i would call santa on that oh my, God. Yeah, my, my parents they went a long way to convince me he was real oh no <laughs> yeah yeah that, that's so funny i i remember like some my grandparents were uh were from china and they used to they, they were like businessmen like my grandfather was a businessman and he used to sell these like lemonade these five cents lemonade which is unthinkable now and we still <laughs> have the original kind of like lemonade equipment that he has like the aluminum uh i, I don't know what you call that like a fruit pump puncher or something but yeah 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 it's really cool to collect all of these, like, you know, past family yeah. antiques. Yeah, pass it down, right? You can yeah. become a family heirloom and you can talk to your kids about that to the time long, long ago, you know, when people did things with their hands. Yeah. This tobacco know? pipe yeah. can definitely be, I, I don't know if you have kids or if you plan to have kids, but, you know, <laughs> definitely keep that pass in it, mind. Pass it down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's all going to be like gross and shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best yeah. part. <laughs> oh, when I bought this, it was disgusting. I had to clean it. I had to submerge it. I had to do the whole thing. So, yeah. Did you buy during COVID? Yeah, yeah. During COVID, I, I got a bunch of sessions during COVID. Because I was, yeah, I got into like incense. I got into tea as well. That's why I asked about tea. Because I do, I'm into oh. tea as well. I, used, I was going to, if I were drinking tea, I probably would have like a Moroccan peppermint. You know, Ooh. I like that. I like peppermint a lot. I got into, um, I, I, bought a, I bought a liar, one of the most random shit. I bought a liar. I started playing liar. You know what a liar is? Like, no, what, what is that? It's, a, it's like a small harp. It's like a seven-string harp. No, it's kind of like, like a wooden thing with like, two, like, think about two wooden sticks and the strings are like, you know, the, they're going across. Uh, yeah, I got into that. I also got into fishing. 
So I, I think I, I can't stand monotony. I always have to leave in something new. I get, I always move on from things. I'm always trying to try new things. I'm always curious. I mean, that's just who I am, you know? So yeah, I'm never, I never staying still. Yeah, I, I can tell. I mean, that that's exactly why you're in a park walking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't be talking to you in my, in my house. I really I couldn't. Just sitting around. Do you find like, well, it kind of seems like these um, little passions that you have during, you said during COVID, you started picking mostly. them up. Yeah, yeah mostly. Um, is it because like it, you were just bored out of your mind? But it kind of feels like you're moving on to kind of like a slower pace in life almost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, well, I don't know what your life was before COVID, but fishing seems to me as if, you know, a, a much slower activity. Absolutely. And, and I, I, I got a specific kind of fishing. I got into Japanese tenkara fishing, which is like a way that they do it in Japan, which is there's no rod. You know how people you see people like doing this rod? It's just the stick. It's just the, the fishing stick with a string. So oh. it's really zen and it's, it's meant for like little streams and stuff like that, you know. And I'm kind of into survivalism and hiking, long distance hiking and, and camping overnight. So I, I actually fish and I would actually fillet the fish and cook it and eat it, you know, like it's not just for entertainment. Like I want to, I want to learn to do that. So city life is not for you then? Absolutely not. I mean, <laughs> and I, I think, I think city life had its time. I mean, for New York, I think New York, like the peak time, the golden years to live in New York are like way past. In my opinion, at least. Um, and so I think just bad things are, ha- are going to, I think bad times are coming to cities in general. And I, it's just my intuition. I don't really have that much to go for, but that's just kind of how I feel. So I, I definitely, yearn for the countryside and I, I, I always joke around with people like I want to become a peasant you know <laughs> I wouldn't mind yeah I, I have a friend also from Singapore and uh, her lifelong dream is to own a farm and just pet cows all day and yeah. you know what I actually think she might do it like I think nice. she might actually move to New Zealand and do it oh wow New Zealand that's good luck to her it's hard to get in right now well, uh, you know, I, it's very romanticized. It's very romanticized. I worked on an organic farm, and I have to say it's extremely tough, grueling work. work. Yeah. It's back-breaking work. No, it's not romantic being, like, full of mud and, you know, aching everywhere. And it's, I mean, I, I don't dislike it, but you just have to know what you're in for. I mean, mm-hmm. this, this kind of lifestyle is very tough, and you have to be a tough individual to, to get through it. It's not, I mean, yeah, you get to pet animals and stuff, but that's like, that's like 0.5% of all, you know. Yeah, I, I feel like most of it is like dealing with issues, <laughs> or like Absolutely. basically fighting with nature. Almost. Exactly. Yeah, you have to uh, you have to maintain order against chaos. Essentially, that's the archetypal way to look at it. Oh, I I, lo- yeah. I feel like that should be on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there is a shirt like that. Hopefully, why did you decide to start a podcast? I'm I'm really curious. Um, that's a good question. I. Well, I've always wanted to do this for a pretty long time, like many years now, because I find that I really enjoy the medium. Like I like being like, hey, do you want to do this long form conversation with me rather than like, I'm not good at small talk at all. Like put me in a conference room and I will, (laughs) I will say the worst things. (laughs) But like, I feel in an hour, two hour conversation, like, you're actually, when you sit down and you're present with someone, someone new, someone old, like, I don't know, you, it, it's very wholesome. 
you know, to, mm -hmm. to be able to just drink tea and like learn a little bit about someone, laugh a little bit, like, and, um, mm -hmm. and like you said, like, I like being curious and learn more about yeah. the other person. So you feel like you grow as a person by listening to others and in this kind of way. Yeah, I, yeah. I think so. I'm almost borderline obsessed with kind of like human behavior, especially when you're talking to a complete introvert. And then over the course of like two hours, you can tell that they're like opening up, like they're a lot more comfortable. And uh, I don't know, that gets me excited, I guess. <laughs> it's so nice to open people up. And all it takes is to have a look, all it takes is to have a good heart and like and just and just get and be warm like warmness be be there look at it in the eye and be genuinely interested and you can make someone's day you know like i always look out when i'm in the group and i'm in the club i look out for the friends who is alone it's not talking to everybody and i go up to them with a smile on my face and yeah that the whole thing about opening them up and, and getting them comfortable uh, you know getting people comfortable uh it just feels so nice it's rewarding in itself are you 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 consider yourself an introvert I would say so. Yeah, I definitely was more of an extrovert when I was younger, uh, like in mm. high school. But then, okay. yeah, I, I think I'm definitely more of an introvert now in, in, in the sense mm. of like, I get my energy by being alone, which right. I know is like the universal. Apparently, everyone decided that's the definition now. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but yeah, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I do. I do really enjoy re recharging by myself. Um, I actually don't get bored because I have a lot of like things going on in my brain that mm -hmm. it's almost as if um, I'm not alone uh, most mm -hmm. of the time. Right. Uh, I mean, contrasting that with one of my best friends who is like a total extrovert and she like wants to mm -hmm. die every time she has five <laughs> minutes alone. <laughs> oh God, there's something more there than extroversion. <laughs> oh yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a healthy extroversion and then like, Yes. Not be able to tolerate being by your thoughts because they torture you, you know. I'm not saying that's her, yeah. but I've met people that way. I met people like that. Uh, you know, I, I've come across a lot of uh, introverted people online, mostly on Reddit, uh, yeah. who, say, who say that, oh, I, I'm a deep person. I just want to have deep conversations, right? Like, uh, and I can certainly, like, understand that point of view. The thing is that when you're meeting strangers in person without without this kind of scenario we have now in which we're kind of already going in wanting to have this type of conversation you have to lay the groundwork you need to lay you have, you have to have rapport with that person so i mean small talk is an important social lubricant it's important to get people comfortable and to size you up to kind of see what person you are uh and, and so I, in my opinion it's a prerequisite to have like meaningful conversation so so even though you say you don't like it i i didn't like it but it is something good and it can become enjoyable if you are genuinely interested and even little, little day-to-day -day stuff, you know, um, that, that's kind of what I've come to think. And I think people who think that, Oh, I, I just want to have a deep conversation right away. I think that's a bit of a selfish way to look at it. Cause you only want to have a talk on your own terms as yeah. opposed to having to take into account what the other people's needs are, in which case they might not feel comfortable having that type of conversation right off the bat. Yeah, I, I always think about how to frame these kinds of conversations. And I think telling people like, hey, I want to have an introspective conversation kind of puts like a like a lot of pressure on the other person. <laughs> um, yeah. But 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 I think really the, the main idea is like to have an organic conversation. I think that's right. kind of a better way to put it. Um, yes. 
but no, I, I totally agree with you. Like small talk. I hate, it's kind of like exercising. Like you hate, I, yeah. I, I personally am not a fan of it, but yeah. I know that it's important to, it's important for like this vehicle to like keep going. <laughs> and so I do it, yeah. but, um, yeah. but I'm starting to, to enjoy doing small talk because I know that, yeah, like you said, it is important to grease the wheels. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it can and it can be fun because like once you get good at it, you can kind of take conversations where you want to go, you yeah. know. And you decide it's all about sizing people up. I mean, at least I, I I have an intuitive sense of that. I know a lot of people, especially like autistic people and like anxious people, you see a lot of them on Reddit. Uh, they have a really hard time with that. So I, obviously, I can't. I'm speaking from my perspective only, so I can I can only speak for that, you know. But I I I, I did meet you on the social skills subreddit. I, I, you know, I'm really curious. So I go to these kind of subreddits to see what people are saying. And, and I want to know. And it's just interesting. I don't know. Have you, oh, wait, have you, so it kind of seems like you're one of those like lurkers <laughs> on the subreddit. Oh, I'm a huge lurker. I'm a huge <laughs> yeah. lurker. Yeah. I don't comment them, as you can see. Yeah, same here. <laughs> and wait, so have you gotten the chance to actually be friends with anyone from there? Or this is the first no. time you're having a. This is the first, this is the first time I ever talked to someone from Reddit. I see. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So have yeah. you learned anything from just being, a, you know, lurking around and reading posts? I mean, right off the bat, like people, I've, yeah, there is like a generational crisis now with general social anxiety. Like it is, yeah. I see so many people being like, hi, I'm 13 years old and I don't know how to talk to like, this friend who i made like in high school or something to be frank it's sad i mean it is what you see out there on reddit uh and you know it's sad because these like 13 or 15 19 year olds they don't have anyone else in their real life to talk to about this stuff you know and the fact that that's turned to complete strangers that is so it's a complete collapse in the social fabric i mean that's it cannot mean anything else yeah yeah i wish schools did more oh god it, <laughs> am i opening I like a can of worms oh no yeah you are <laughs> yeah. uh it's okay go ahead go ahead I no, want do you, wait do you hate school okay wait just now you said that you you had a mildly traumatic like school experience mm. is is that mm. like the building blocks to why you hate school no it doesn't have to do anything with school it's just a particular character some particular like kids and kids are very cool uh, yeah. So I, they're the worst. yeah, kids are very cruel. So I understand that now. I completely like internalized. Not, I didn't turn, I kind of just comprehend what happened, and it's fine. It's bullying. It's universal. It's people, humans, always do it, especially when they're kids, because they don't recognize the damage that they're doing. You know. Yeah. And also, so and we were just primates, social primates in a hierarchy. So we we act that way, you know, when we're kids. But I don't like schooling. Uh, I think institutional schooling. I think education is great. I think learning, reading books is great. I think curiosity is great. Uh, but I think schooling is just a, it's a organizational method that it's very recent. You know, it's the kind of the Prussian model very for industrial society. And it kind of, it's like a make all the kids fit into one mold. And it, it kind of, I think the main purpose of it is not to enlighten and educate kids, but to make them, regiment them and make them prepare for the workforce and the modern, you know. And I, I agree it's necessary to, for the modern functioning of the, the state and for society so i'm not i know i'm being idealistic when i say that but i do believe it fails a lot of kids 
Uh, and I think that's why you see so many young kids and maybe people in general who lack complete intellectual curiosity is because it was killed out of them doing schooling. And, that was that was definitely yeah. my experience. Like younger, I what's yeah. that like famous phrase that's like, don't let school get in the way of your education. <laughs> oh, your education, yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. I totally believe in that. Like, I feel like yeah. my intellectual curiosity skyrocketed when I left the Singapore education system and, and mm. came here and w- where the professors were a lot more about go figure it out rather than like, here's 10 pages where you just do rote memorization, right? And mm-hmm. like yeah. That. Well, I, Singapore and like countries there in East Asia are more, uh, uh, they're like less individualistic, you know? Yeah. Than us here in America. And so, you know, schooling is about educating you in a, as a part of a group. It's not about individual education. It's about learning as a group and it's a socialization method and also kind of like a daycare for parents who have to work. Uh, but perhaps, you know, in a place like Singapore, China, that, you know, the, the whole point is to become one with the society. Like you're, you're not individual. You're just part of this culture or this kind of people. I guess here in America, we still have this vestiges of individuality. So it encourages people uh, to kind of just explore things on their own and not necessarily, you know, so the, the, it is not as bad as other countries, the U.S. in that regard. I don't know if you if that's your experience. When you say like not as bad, you mean comparing? Um... Well, it, it's it's definitely worse quality wise. Uh, in in, in terms, but I mean, it's not as bad in terms of regimented regimentation and right. trying to make you into to fit into this mold. Like, you know, you're still like you said, teachers are more open to the, your individuality. Yeah. And for you being different, like difference is being accepted now, especially lately like being different. Uh, so that's something different. I think that's good, but it's not enough, you know. Even like going to your point about like how the, the you know, the whole points emoji to, to go into the workforce. I feel like it's not even the modern workforce. It's like they're trying to get <laughs> yeah. into like a factory, which was, yeah. which was exactly why schools <laughs> were created in the first place, right? Is So you could yeah. like stand in a straight line, follow instructions and like, you know do whatever a company tells you you know they even have they even had the bell rings just like they do in the factory just... <laughs> right exa- yeah, yeah exactly yeah. um and, and so you know even if we tweak that a little bit just to be more customized to the new age now like that would make so much of a difference mm-hmm, i know i, I definitely I know, think I see, schools yeah. are embracing mental health a lot more which is amazing yeah. uh but not not there yet. Yeah, it's this weird thing. Like society is becoming more open, um, and people are. It's more acceptable to talk about your mental illness, and people have uh, like therapy is more widely available. Yeah. Like there's less taboos. But the paradox is that despite all that, things are getting worse. Like <laughs> mental illness is getting worse, anxiety is getting worse, depression, suicide. Yeah. <sighs> you know, sometimes it affects me. I don't know. Maybe I'm just sensitive, but I, I, when I think about these things and like that, all the suffering and you see it in Reddit, you see people just suffering, crying out loud for help. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like you should do more of these conversations though. Like sure as hell impacted my day today. Like I wasn't having a great day, but then now I'm having like the best day of probably this entire week. So. Oh, wow. That's kind. Kind of would say. I'm happy to hear that. I think time is the most expensive thing you can give to someone 
you know yeah it's something that you can never ever get back so even having like a minute of your time i think it means a lot like full like full undivided attention you know yeah and yeah and that's rare yeah i don't know if you get that feeling but like oh god it makes me want to like run away when you're talking (laughs) to someone and their eyes just like glaze over you're like oh man <laughs> or they're or they're or they're shifting to their iphone and stuff or like that sh- yeah you know? exactly and they're like i'm listening i'm listening and they're like reading us <laughs> like a reddit post i'm no no keep going <laughs> it's like, okay it's like if you want to be here just be here for however long it, even if it's five minutes like yeah i mean the art, the art of conversation is truly um it's a gift i think we have to uh and I think things like this are really cool. And I think we should take advantage of technology to meet people. Otherwise, we would have never met or talked, you know, if yeah. it wasn't for the technology. So I'm curious, do you look at my, my Reddit? When you when you were about to talk to someone, do you, do you look at their Reddit post? And, no? No. Okay, so you want to just, just come in with like a blank slate. You don't want to have any pre prejudgments or assumptions about who they are? Blank slate, <laughs> yeah. Although now that you're mentioning it, should I? <laughs> no, maybe not, maybe not. No, because that would give you that, that would give you that would kind of cloud that would give you already preconception. So it's not going to be a naive encounter like yeah. a organic encounter. You're going to already think, even if you want to deny it, just by reading it, you're, you'll think, okay, this person's like this or that. And yeah. Like if you read mine, like I post a lot of stuff about the current Ukraine Russia war. So you would think, okay, this guy's like a military guy. You know, you would have never guessed what kind of, what kind of person I am just by looking at my post. You know? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I didn't even know you were. A dude, like <laughs> you had no idea, right? <laughs> yeah, no. I think yeah. I think from your username, I don't know why, but I thought you were a female. I don't know, just my, just my <laughs> well, own stereotype. <laughs> you know what? Uh, you know what Toronto means? No. What, it means what does it, it means, mean? uh, means tyrants. Oh my god! Why? <laughs> it's a thing I've been using since I'm a kid. Like it's a username I I started way long ago, oh. and I just kept it. Oh. So when okay. I created my Reddit page, I, I just put Toronto. You know. I, I feel like a lot of people pay homage to their uh, video game days and like childhood days when they come up with their Reddit username. Yeah, exactly. It. You know, that is a video game. I'm, I'm sure it was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do have one question. How would you like, okay, say like a 13 year old kid, right? They want to learn about kindness, like how to be kind to people. Like, what would you tell them? Yeah, frankly, you have to just be kind to them. Uh, you have to, um, you have to just open yourself up to them. You open heart and be kind to them. Um, so just to act the self. And because at the end of the day, you know, I would also say, I mean, that kind of kindness is a, uh, it's, you don't do it to gain anything. It's just something that you do, but it has to come from within you. So you have to already have kindness for yourself. So when you hear, so when you see people who are negative to themselves, criticize themselves, who are doubt, doubtful, you know they're not in a position to truly be kind because they're they they first have to take care of themselves. And so it all starts with you and knowing yourself, knowing your strengths, knowing your weaknesses, understanding your character, understanding where you come from, your life experiences, you know, self knowledge, and then an understanding of how you know the, the how how really life is difficult, and you have to give people benefit of the doubt. And you have to be willing to hear people out and not make adjustments and assumptions about them before getting to know them. And, and that means, uh, you know, that means having, 
not not making negative presumptions about people, you know. And, and it's a, uh, some people have a really hard time not doing that. In thinking about how it applies to my life, like that's so hard, <laughs> Jesus. Maybe it was because of the, of the way that I grew up, and possibly because uh, the way you grew up too. Like being kind, like feels innate to me. Like it feels mm-hmm. like it's my default. But I know to some mm-hmm. people it's not. Like having empathy yeah. is is very unnatural for them. Which I hate to say this, but like it's sad um, mm-hmm. that you have to learn how to be genuine. Yeah, that, that, that's that's kind of what I meant. It's like it's something that's hard to teach, you know. Yeah, but but ultimately, like I I think it's a choice. Like you're you're mm-hmm. always able to make that choice. Yeah, it is a choice, and I think that's what a lot. Of, I think that's so important. Like when you say it's a choice. I think a, a lot of what's holding people back is that they don't want to take responsibility. They want to say, oh, this is happening to me. I can't do this because of this external factors or because these people did that to me. Uh, I think people in general don't want to face the fact that it's a choice what they do with their lives and how they treat people and how they face the world. It has to come from within. You know, it's not, you know, you can make excuses all day. You know, we all have struggles. But yeah, exactly. That's what it is. Taking ownership. Absolutely. Carl, is there anything else that you want to say that you haven't said yet? I feel like we've, well, we've talked about a lot. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, I think, um, you know, it's a beautiful day. Let me show you. Um, can I turn around? Okay, here I go. Oh, wow, uh, you're by a lake. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wait, which part of Florida is this? Because this was not my experience when I went there. <laughs> It's a secret hideout. I can't reveal the location because I don't want people to come here because it's always empty. So I can't. I just can't do it. You know? Oh my god! But that it's a, it's on cool. the south. It's pretty. It's pretty well down south, Florida. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just gonna listen. I'm just gonna like. After we talk, I'm gonna smoke. Uh, finish this this pipe tobacco here, and think about the conversation. Um, and listen to some Russian music. <laughs> Oh, I love that. Okay, the only Russian music that I know is rap. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, write, is, write this name um, down. This guy's like a classic. Yeah. Okay, tell me. This is a, a guy who was a Uyghur. He was a Uyghur. He was born in, in uh, Kazakhstan when it was part of the Soviet Union. He was uh, one of the most famous pop icons in Russia in their 90s. His name is Murat. Uh, How do you spell that? M-U-R-A-T. Uh, and then... Uh, Nasirov, N A S Y R O V, I think. Yeah. Nasirov. Oh, I see. Yeah. It. Yeah, it's like a pop. It's like Russian pop. And I don't know. It's just, it, I love listening to foreign music. Like, I like listening to Turkish music too. I enjoy, I enjoy the sound of words without understanding. Like, I like not knowing the meaning of the words because then you can enjoy the, the, the pure, exquisite lyrics of a sound. It's you as a sound. It's just a sound. It's a. Uh, it's not a mean. There's no meaning behind it. So you can appreciate it in a way that Russian people or Turkish people can't. You know. So I. I always recommend listening to. Well, think about it this way. Like hello, right? The word hello. Right. When you when you're hello, you assign a meaning to it. But yeah. if someone who does speaking is hears hello, to them that's just a sound. It's just a word. It's just made by by the voice of a human being. There's no meaning behind it. So therefore, in music, when you when you hear a song that's really good with the, and the lyrics sound great. But you don't know the meaning behind it. You can appreciate just the sound as opposed to associating it with any meaningful thing. You know. Uh, that's how I feel about French music. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. But yeah. 
That's awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna go check them out. I mean, the only Russian rapper I know is um Oxy Moron. <laughs> oh, <laughs> He's a okay. really famous <laughs> Russian rapper. <laughs> But yeah, that, that's funny. That's awesome. Oxymoron. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess I mean yeah I guess that's that. I mean, hopefully I left you with a good song recommendation and. We've had a, a good uh, interaction. I learned something from you. You learned something from me. So I was sick, sir. That of success. Thank That's you awesome. so much, Carl. Hear. This was yeah, so you're, fun. You've been, yeah, you've been really fun. You're super uh, uh, kind, and you're very sweet. Yeah, thank you. Will you come on again? I yeah, will, you just saw. I will get your yes first, and then I'll hit you up in like six months. <laughs> yeah, hit me up whenever, uh, and I'm sure that conversation will be radically different than this one. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Thanks so much girl. for inviting me. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. Before you go, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please take 15-20 seconds to leave a nice rating and review. It'll really, really help the show. Also, come say hi and let me know what you thought about it on Knuckleball Podcast on Instagram. I really love to get to know you as well. And maybe, maybe we can be friends. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Have a good day. Bye-bye.